Hey everyone, this is Justin. If you're a fan of the show, you could really help us out by heading over to iTunes and giving us a rating and review. Thanks for listening. Tonight on This Is Happening America, we take the challenge of stepping out of our bubbles by going on vacation. More local news and a pick from the growing basket of deplorables. I'm Mark Betancourt. And I'm Justin Mara. No one needs to see our truffle shuffle, but we are hot on the trail of One-Eyed Willie. Goonies never say die. Theme song. Welcome to another episode of This Is Happening America. I'm Mark. I'm Justin. And today we're bringing you a special episode all about vacation. Because who doesn't love vacation, right? Right. You may remember that uh, we took the month of April off to generate some new content for the show. And this week's episode, Mark and I are going to bring you the story of our vacations. So many of us today are stuck in our own individual bubbles of the day-to-day grind, whether it's school, work, family, desperately trying to keep up with the Joneses. And in 2017, the average American works almost twice as many hours longer a week than their European counterparts. About 32 million Americans traveled abroad in 2016. That's up 14% from the previous three years. But there remains a consistent belief that traveling abroad is somehow unattainable in mass. Trapped in a pulverizing cycle, the average American is transfixed on attaining the new, better, best of their own personal American dream. But at what cost? An analysis conducted by the Economic Policy Institute shows that worker productivity grew 240% between 1948 and 2013, while the wages of non-supervisory workers have produced little to no real gains since 1978. For these Americans, the idea of taking a vacation, or holiday, for our international listeners, seems utterly absurd. But is it? It's 110 days into the presidency of Donald Trump, and the world hasn't ended yet. Yet. So get out there and see it. Get out of your bubble. Take in all the sights, breathe in the smells, become a responsible and respectful citizen of the world by experiencing all that it has to offer. Whoa, hold on, Mark. Travel costs money. We can't all be so bourgeois. But you can. So let's put this in perspective. You could spend five days and four nights in Fiji for the price of buying eight of the next 17 Nike Air Jordans that will be released in 2017. Or seven days and six nights in beautiful Maui for the equivalent cost of a year's worth of the average monthly cell phone bill. And for the low price of a large artisanal pizza a week for one year, you can embark on either of the trips that Mark and I took last month. So we scrounged our pizza money, packed our bags, and set out on two very different vacation experiences. I spent a week with the family touring the Bahamas, thanks to the magic of Disney Cruise Lines. And my wife Elise and I set off on a DIY European excursion trekking through Berlin and Prague. 
welcome all of our wonderful This Is Happening America listeners or viewers. The first thing we simply have to talk about is traveling. I'm sitting on my Boeing 777-200. So far, it's been an absolutely pleasant experience at the airport. People don't usually say that. When you're traveling, there's always hiccups or bumps in the road. For me, whenever I'm flying, I tend to always find the most annoying person on the flight to sit next to. I've just finished dinner on what has been an absolutely fantastic flight. It's it's not something I try to do. Uh, oftentimes I do my best to avoid it. We've just hit massive turbulence after my thoroughly enjoyable dinner. And that's a lot like, oh dear, getting on a roller coaster after pounding a Slurpee at Six Flags. Oh dear! I tend to just grin and bear it, and um, you know, it gives me it gives me fodder for uh, gives me fodder for the podcast. When you're traveling and experiencing new things, you'll always be surprised by what you find. Hey, hey, hey! It's Mark here. As I'm getting set to sail, hanging out with the family here and there uh, on this Disney cruise, we're just pulling up to the ship, and let me tell you something. They don't make ships like they used to because this thing is huge, okay? To quote Jack Sparrow, it's such a pretty ship, and it really is. I mean, I really didn't know what to expect because I've never been on a cruise before. Hi, Mark. It's our first full day in Berlin, and it's snowing here. Winter has returned. Absolute decadence on this boat is is absurd. The customer service is ridiculous. I know that it's a, it's a Disney cruise, so these people are getting paid to smile like they have no central nervous system, but they really do. The service is the service is phenomenal. Berlin's awesome. Um, it is a city of wonderful contradictions, nouveau architecture, and old '60s brick concrete structures. Graffiti-ridden pop art, cafes, and ice cream at all hours of the day. That's a thing here. Ice cream in any weather. The, th the thing about a cruise is everybody's always like, oh, what about the room? What about the room? How's your room? How's your room? Well, listen, here's the deal. I'm on a cruise, so guess what? The room? It's small. You shouldn't be in the room. Get out of your room. Go explore stuff. The sun's finally out in Berlin. I am in Colvitz Square in an outdoor market, which is the largest in the entire country. And it's a bit like a farmer's market and a flea market combined. People are selling produce, fresh breads, undergarments, wine, action figures, and it's shaping up to be a beautiful day. You never know what adventures you're going to embark on. Whether historical or cultural, your vacation will always leave a lasting impression. We're out in the city, navigating Berlin, sans technology, using maps. I haven't used a map in a long time. Berlin is beautiful. We've just had a wonderful traditional German meal of wild bratwurst, sauerkraut, over a fried potato bedding. I don't see how your trip's gonna rival this one, Mark, but I hope you're having a good time. What's happening, America? This is Mark back with another edition of his vacation diary. Uh, Justin, I hope you're having a fantastic time in Europe. Uh, I just landed in uh, Nassau, which is capital of the Bahamas, and heading off to Paradise Island, where the luxurious Atlantis Resort is, is stationed. I am at the East Side Gallery in East Berlin along what is left of the Berlin Wall. And it's amazing to be looking at famous works of art that I've seen in textbooks teaching my classes all of these years and looking at gates that allowed people through during 
the Cold War era when the wall was actually up. And what's really cool is I can walk to a section of the wall and I can actually stand in East and West Berlin at the same time. So just, I just crossed into West Berlin. I'm just gonna let that sink in for a minute. The Atlantis is humongous. It basically takes up almost the entire island of Paradise Island. And uh, it, in case you did, couldn't figure it out, um, the Atlantis, definitely nautical themed. Uh, it's very beautiful. Everybody has different pursuits when they go on vacation. Mark and I are no exception. Here I am faced with a conundrum. I call it the Casino Beach Conundrum. Because, you know, I'm on a cruise in the Bahamas, so I should go to the beach. However, the Atlantis has an amazing casino. Uh, I like casinos. And, you know, not that I want to gamble my life savings away, but, you know, I have a good, I have a good time. You know, it's a social thing for me, hanging around the craps table or the blackjack table. Hopefully you hang out with some good folks, you tell some stories, win a few bucks, or if nothing else, you get, at least get to stay at the table for a little, for a little while so that you can get free drinks. Okay, let's go to the beach. One of the things about the Berlin Wall that people never talk about is there are actually like three walls. If you got over one, there's still two others that you had to get through, and in between was just a no man's land. It's pretty humbling standing here. If you're coming off of the boats, or you're native to Nassau, you can't just go to the Atlantis and hang out. Folks, it costs $160 to go sit on the beach. Literally, $160 to sit on the beach. So... Guess what Mark did? Vacations can be a time for reflection. At this point on our journeys, Justin and I were trying our best to be profound. Hi, Mark. I am at the Pergamon Museum on Museum Island in Berlin, and I am standing in front of the Ishtar Gate, which is the eighth gate to the entrance of the city of Babylon, modern-day Iraq, and it is just immense, represented in blue-glazed brick animals of the gods emblazoned on the outside of it. It's just truly awesome. And right next to it is the stela of Hammurabi with the actual Hammurabi's code. Not a translation, the actual carving of all 200 codes. It's simply unbelievable and a little sad because it's in a museum. When you're out in the middle of nowhere on the high seas and you just see miles and miles and miles of ocean in front of you, it really gives you a different perspective on just who we are and just how vast and big this world is. There's so much to see and, and, and so much to experience that to, to not travel and, and, go, and go around to different parts of the world to, to, to see these things, is really, it's really doing a disservice. And it, it's really, I think, stymieing your personal uh, education. But when we weren't attempting bad Sir David Attenborough impressions, we got our share of local flair. A uh, big shout out to my co-host Justin Mara. Hope you are having a blast in Germany and Prague. Uh, right now, I'm chilling out on the boat and wanted to give you my special take on one of my favorite things about this cruise so far. The food. It's ridiculous. Hi, Mark. We are having dinner in the tavern. Just the tavern, because it is the oldest tavern in Prague open daily since 1375 Mozart drank here and it really hasn't changed all that much since 1375 it is dark it is wonderful 
I'm sitting on a fur cushion. You can literally go anywhere on this boat and get whatever you want food-wise. I mean, they have everything you could possibly want. It's ridiculous. Lamb shanks, grouper, crab cakes, raw bar, all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet with all the fixings from anywhere you, you come from across America. They got everything. And it, you can eat as much as you want. And uh, all I can say is right now, um, Mark's full and, and ready to go pass out by a pool somewhere. Drinking homemade beer in the traditional style. A dark brewed mead. I really like Prague. I think Prague wins the, uh, the European DIY vacation. I'm going to go ahead and say that now. It's very warm and articulate, and it's got, it's got a lot of personality. It's amazing to be sitting in this tavern. One of the best things I love about being on vacation with my family, and, you know, it's stuff that, it's stuff that we did growing up, and it's just that, that family atmosphere of sitting around the dinner table talking about what you did on your day. That's why I think it's awesome that we kind of all split up um, you know, in the, uh, in the morning and afternoon and reconvene at night to talk about all the cool stuff that we did. Um, you know, I get to hear about all the, uh, all the awesome activities that my niece and nephew are doing, that my sister and brother-in-law are getting, are, are getting dragged to. Uh, <laughs> my mom and dad are enjoying, are enjoying themselves. And, uh, you know, I very briefly talked, talked to them about my escapades, um, figuring out which bar's best on the cruise and on the islands, um, what I did or did not win in the casino and, um, you know, what, what I did late at night. And I, I try to keep those details, um, you know, as, as short and sweet as possible for them and for you. What happens on vacation stays on vacation, America. Mark, I'm in Gesundebrunnen station in Berlin. People are going about their day passing by a rather innocuous green door, but behind it lurks an underground of absolute wonder. Berlin Unterwelten has been excavating old bunker sites that have survived the city's transformations and reconstructions and wars. And what I'm about to see is left me with a giddy excitement. The historian in me is brimming with ideas of what I'm about to see and experience. To go do what you normally wouldn't or couldn't do in, in your in your daily life and I think that's the wonderful thing that um, that a cruise has to offer especially a cruise that goes you know can go stops on islands that you can go visit you can stay on the boat if you're with a group of people you can hang out you can go off on your own you reconvene you got something to talk about you experience you know not, not only are you experiencing great things on your own you're experiencing things vicariously through their stories and whatnot so an overall great experience but the food. My God. In whatever part of the world you may find yourself, the best way to experience another culture is still feeling the sand, soil, or pavement underfoot. It doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg to embark on a great experience. Vacations are meant to be fun and relaxing, but they can also enrich your life and expand your cultural worldviews, which makes them virtually priceless. brings us to this week's installment of News That's Local Somewhere, because just like politics, all news is local somewhere. Mark, what's your first story for us? 
Well, uh, this story isn't political. This story isn't isn't necessarily even all that social, but it really is nostalgic and brings me back to my childhood with one of my favorite cartoons, DuckTales. Justin, did you ever see DuckTales? I love DuckTales. You love DuckTales? Yeah. Did you know that it's coming back to Disney XD this summer? I did. Oh, okay. Do you know who the voice of Scrooge McDuck is? I did not look that up. Who is it? Uh, my and many people's favorite doctor, 10th doctor, David Tennant, oh, who's actually Scottish. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And well, there you go. That might be another fact for people. Scrooge McDuck is actually Scottish. Scrooge McDuck, Scottish, Donald Trump. He's, take note. Al- he's also famous for having a giant money pit that he would swim in. Now, that's physically impossible <laughs> to do. I believe Mythbusters tested this. Yeah. And it was like when if you dove in, you'd immediately break all of the bones in your arms. Right. But not in this interactive Scrooge McDuck money bin. No. That's going to be. At the Disney Expo coming to Anaheim, the D23 Expo coming to the Anaheim Convention Center from July 14th through the 16th. You mean, Mark, you mean to tell me that I can uh, run to Scrooge McDuck's vault and jump into a ball pit-esque Yes, you will jump into... of Sc- uh, Uncle Scrooge's money? You will jump into the pool, which is packed with 30,000 plastic pucks resembling Scrooge's fortune. Oh my god. And uh, the pit has already made its debut at the Radio Disney Music Awards that just took place a couple weeks ago. Life goals. And yeah, it's a life-size replica of Scrooge McDuck's fortune. Achievement unlocked. Oh my goodness. Isn't that awesome? That is amazing. That's just that's just a whole bunch of awesomeness right there. Oh my goodness. And by the way, if there's any Disney marketing people that are actually listening to this episode we, after I just plug Disney Cruises and Disney DuckTales to sponsor our show. We would love it and we'll continue to uh, promote <laughs> uh, promote promote the magical world of Disney. Justin. Okay, Mark, this is Oh, I can't believe I'm following up your story with this story. This is <laughs> this is a story that some would say is very Mark-esque. This story oh, no. is called <laughs> Cheeky Exploits. Mark, are you familiar with the latest craze taking over Instagram? Uh, no, because we just started an Instagram account. We did. At this is Happening America. Check out our Instagram account. Uh, so the latest trend taking over Instagram is showing off your buttocks in beautiful landscapes around the world. Nobody needs to see my butt, Justin. Uh, No, that is true. Uh, Showing off your behind in the most beautiful places in the world is a new amazing trend that is appearing on Instagram. The account is called Cheeky Exploits, which launched the trend, publishing photos of participants from around the world showing off their behinds in beautiful landscapes. Fair warning, if you click the link associated with this story in the show notes, you are going to be bombarded with behinds. So fair warning, um, you've been warned. If you click the link at this point, I don't feel like we're responsible. I I don't understand this trend. Uh, I find it ridiculous. Uh, Mark, here is... uh, Oh, oh God. Uh, You know, and keep in mind, we're a family-friendly show. Yes, we are. But it's... uh, Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Well, that... I don't understand this. If you are a member of this this movement, if you are someone who's partaken, we'd love for you to write into the show and explain this to us. Yes. Uh, well, I this is happeningamerica at gmail.com. I will say this. The few butts that you did just show me were not It was very photogenic. Looking. It was yeah, very photogenic. They, they were, they're nice butts. It's, it's artsy. They're all art shots, you but could, still. You, you could probably make some money as a butt double in Hollywood. Um, yeah, hey, there you go. 
they exist, people. Mark, what's your next story? All right. Um, well, Justin, are you familiar with the biggest food craze that's been going on over the past year? I am not. So apparently everybody wants to eat unicorn themed food. <laughs> right? Is this like a canned unicorn meat story? No, um, oh, no, because there's no such thing as unicorns. Well, yes, exactly. They're magical. Um, <laughs> they're so magical, in fact, that uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was the w- the Starbucks unicorn frappuccino. You're familiar with this. I'm not. I'm not You're familiar. Not but familiar. wait, Mark, the answer to that question was not that they're magical. The answer to that question was they're not real. Right. They're magical. No. They're made up. That's not, thank you. <laughs> Those are not the same things. They, they could be. Alternative facts, Justin. There is a Starbucks. No, it's not an alternative <laughs> fact. <laughs> there there is, is a Starbucks, a Starbucks themed, uni- well, a, a Starbucks unicorn theme frappuccino. The unicorn frappuccino. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't see this. I it was all totally over. unaware. It, this was another big Instagrammed thing. Yeah. Check that out. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, the straw is kind of like the unicorn horn. Yeah, and, and it sparkles. Yes, sparkles and it's, everywhere. it's sparkly, and it's purple and blue, and it, I mean, it honestly, it looks like a unicorn threw up. Well, yeah, that's the that's the joke, right? right? Cause there's, there is a internet meme yes. about, like, unicorn vomit. Right. With but sprinkles here's, and but here's my, happiness. Here, but here's my thing with uh, unicorn frappuccino. It's actually getting sued. Starbucks is getting sued for the unicorn frappuccino because another (laughs) drink company called The End, which is owned by the Montauk Juice Factory, apparently started selling uh, what's called a unicorn latte in December and applied for a trademark on the drink in January. Did they receive it? Uh, No, it's still pending. But... This, this company that's a New York City cafe, they're suing Starbucks, claiming that the uh, unicorn frappuccino overshadowed its unicorn latte. I know how to solve this, Mark. If you are a New Yorker and are listening to the show, try them both right into the show. Record a voice memo of yourself yeah. well, I, reviewing... I, I, I the, do the frappuccino. We'll put it on the air. I do have to stop you there, Justin, because the Starbucks only put out the unicorn frappuccino for a limited time. So are I you, don't. Are you telling me it's already passed? It has already passed. But and this is oh just to, just to give you a click. That's the um that's this is the ends uh unicorn unicorn latte. Oh my goodness! That's very pretty. Starbucks, step that's up some, your game. That's you, some artisan work you have right been there. Put to shame. But um. But the, the, the cafe is seeking uh, compensation and a public apology because the size and scope of Starbucks product launch was designed so that the unicorn frappuccino would eclipse the unicorn latte in the market, thereby harming the plaintiffs and confusing their customers. So says the, uh, the lawsuit I'm reading, uh, quoting from a CBS News article. So this but, Starbucks fr- unicorn frappuccino was only available at a New York? No, it was, was available. It no, it was available in all the Starbucks. The lawsuit's ridiculous. They're not going to win. Yeah. At least they shouldn't win. Not to mention that there's a big difference between the unicorn frappuccino from Starbucks and the unicorn latte from this company in uh, in New York. Yeah, we'll, meaning, we'll link you to this. Yeah, You'll meaning, be able to see the difference mean, pretty clearly. Meaning the unicorn frappuccino was sold at a limited time and was basically uh, you know, made out of milk and sugar and a bunch of unnatural things to get that pink and bluey right. hue. And the unicorn latte. The unicorn latte is actually um, it's the end's most popular drink and it's actually a healthy drink um 
that's made with a bunch of stuff like dates, ginger root, and algae. Hence, the, it's a mythical creation. And, yeah, and, like it, and that, so- creature, that sounds that sounds disgusting. Latte. And let's be honest with this whole with this whole lawsuit. We'll see what happens, and and we'll we'll keep you up to date on in America because this is really important. I'm just going to point out that Mark called the drink of the company that's suing Starbucks disgusting. So uh, lawsuit pending. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, it's it, no such thing as bad press. I'm saying it sounds disgusting, but I'm not a health. I'm not a health person. It might be delicious. I never know. All I know is that the star, the Starbucks version is, you know, a sugary creation that personally, I feel like I got the same thing whenever I had fruity pebbles as a kid. <laughs> you left it in the milk too long. I left it in the milk too long, and the sugary milk t- turned the color oh. of this frappuccino. So there you go, folks. There's the, the standby for more coverage on Unicorn Ward. All right, Justin, what's your next news story? All right, Mark. This is a story out of Alabama, and it's called Fundamentalist Police Force. Have you seen the story? Uh, no, I haven't, but I'm terrified because it's the from Alabama. Alabama State Senate has okayed a fundamentalist Christian church's own private police force. Well, this coincides, this probably coincides with the news just a couple of weeks ago that uh, President Trump ex- issued an executive order giving, um, giving evangelicals and different church groups more power to privately fund themselves. Indeed it does. Or pri- and private, privately invest in uh, for political means. Right. Yeah. The Alabama State Senate has voted to allow a church to form its own police force. Lawmakers on Girling. Tuesday, April 10th. There you go. Uh, voted in a 24 to 4 decision to allow Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Birmingham to establish a law enforcement department. The church says it needs its own police officers to keep its school as well as its more than 4,000-person congregation safe. Senate Bill 193 would specifically authorize the Briarwood Presbyterian Church, which has more than 4,000 members, to hire its own police force to invest with all of the powers of law enforcement and officers in the state. So wait, I'm confused. Does Birmingham, Alabama not have a police force? Oh, it absolutely does. So why would this church need this their would own. be the briarwood presbyterian church police department so then there's going to be two police departments in birmingham well my question is would they be enforcing municipal law or would they be enforcing church law this is terrible i mean this this is totally destroying the whole notion of the separation of church and state this is the argument that many people put forward when they are um cautionary of instituting halal or sharia law yes which if, you know, con- consequently enough, I mean, yeah, if you're going to enforce the lo- there's a big difference between the laws of the land and the laws of a religion. And well, I mean, and if we're going to have freedom of religion, then you can't make someone beholden to the 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 laws of a religion that they're not actively practicing. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> Experts say a church with its own police department would be unprecedented in the United States, uh, in the modern age anyway. Critics worry embarrassing crimes like sexual abuse of children and others, as well as illegal drug use, would be covered up by police force loyal to the church rather than to the law. Richard E. Levy, a constitutional law professor at Kansas University, said that, quote, it's making the church take the role of government. I would expect that if the law is enacted, it would not be very long before it is challenged. Uh, It certainly seems that a church-only police force raises constitutional questions at the federal level, but we'll have to wait and see how that uh, plays out. Well, because then the the law enforcement isn't answering to the state or federal 
regulations, they're answering to the churches, hey, the Presbyterian no, church. No matter, no matter if it's Christian, Jewish, or Muslim, fundamentalism is just as ugly in any faith-based organization. Absolutely. That wasn't a funny one. No, it wasn't. Sorry. I brought, I, I brought Scrooge McDuck and unicorns. And that brings us to this week's installment of the Basket of Deplorables. Mark, who's being added to the Basket of Deplorables this week? Anderson Cooper. Oh my God, we're getting sued. No, we're not getting we're not getting sued because this is a serious problem when it comes to the uh, journalism bias. Oh my, oh, Kathy Griffin's trying to break into our studio right now. Mark, I would love done it. it. If, Kathy Griffin is hysterical. I would love so, it if Kathy. Kathy it's Griffin. okay. Yeah, it's okay. you can come in. You it's can okay. come in. It's okay. All right. Why is Kathy Griffin's why not really is there? Anybody? Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper made my basket of deplorables because listen, I personally respect Anderson Cooper a lot. I think he's a very good journalist. I think for the most part, he keeps his wits about him. He asks very insightful questions, and Lord knows he's been on ground zero of many scandals. He's been on the he's been on the front lines covering it. I wouldn't want that job. And he's a Vanderbilt. And he's a Vanderbilt. Um, but. The other day when he was interviewing uh, spin artist Kellyanne Conway over uh, the recent happenings with uh, President Trump firing James Comey, listen, I get it. The Trump administration, they have their problems as an unbiased member of the journalistic press. Anderson Cooper's got to keep his cool. And he literally was rolling his eyes every, almost every time Kellyanne Conway was talking. It's like, listen, let, paint, let her paint herself into a corner. Don't come off looking like the bad guy or looking like a jerk. That's not bringing people together. That's not getting to the bottom of fact finding. That's just creating the divide and being obnoxious. So Anderson Cooper, I know you can do better. Please do so for the sake of the divide in our country. And that brings us to our last segment, which is the giving out the Tulsi Gabbard Star Spangled Awesome Award. Justin, who are we giving a Star Spangled Awesome Award to this week? Mark, this week we are awarding Richard Overton. Richard Overton. Richard Overton is an American super centennial who at age 111 is the oldest verified surviving United States war veteran. As a matter of fact, we're, for to, for our listeners, we are recording this episode on May 11th and today is his birthday. It's his yes, 111th it is. birthday. Happy today. birthday, Richard. Happy birthday, Richard. He is a veteran of World War II and has been honored by both the president of the United States uh, and the governor of Texas. He enlisted in the U.S. military on September 3rd, 1940, and he served through the South Pacific Campaign through 1945, including stops in Hawaii, Guam, and Iwo Jima. He's led a rather humble life working at furniture stores and a brief stint in the Department of the Treasury in Texas. Overton is the subject of a 2016 documentary called Mr. Overton, in which he is interviewed about his daily routines, his longevity, thoughts on American society, and his military service. Happy birthday, Mr. Overton. And thank you for that service. 
And that does it for another episode of This Is Happening America. Please do check us out at our website, thisishappeningamerica.com, where you can check out all of our social media streams. And find a link to our Patreon page. And otherwise, you can check us out on iTunes and Google Play. This is Mark. This is Justin. Signing off from somewhere, somehow, someway in this great country of America. Bangarang. You can find past episodes of This Is Happening America at iTunes and on Google Play. Our website is thisishappeningamerica.com. You can tweet us at T-I-H underscore America or at facebook.com slash thisishappeningamerica. I'm Justin Mara for This Is Happening America. Thanks for listening. Bangarang. We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time.